Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Criminology. This is episode 134. This week's state is Washington. Oh yes. The be- the beautiful Pacific Northwest. All right, Sam, here we go. Yes. Let's see what you know. You've been there before. I have. You've been to the home of, uh, what's the movie called? Twilight. Twilight, yes. Forks, Washington. And we went during Bella's birthday. Of course you did. So they had a whole, oh, what's the word? Convention. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. Anyways, I love Washington. All right. What's the primary color of the flag? Uh, It's a green state, so I'm going to say green. Good job. Okay. uh, What is the nickname? I mean... The rainy state. Uh, I mean, that's probably what other people call it. America's but, rainforest. Uh, it is the evergreen state. No. Um, when was it admitted to the Union, a.k.a. when did it become a state? What number? Number one. I'm going to pretend like you didn't say number one. It's in the west. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. So number 51. Okay, well, there's only 50 states, so nice try. 42. Oh. Okay. What's the capital? I think I'm going to I think I'm going to can get you on this one. What's the I don't think I know. It's not Seattle. It's You've made some folks in Olympia, Washington very upset oh. with you. If you would have given me a little bit, I would have been able mm-hmm. to figure it out. Yeah, a little bit. What, five if minutes? If I would have gone back to my Twilight days, I would have been able to tell you. And then... Also, for my Twilight fans, me and my sister, we were going to go to the... Because it's in Olympia. Because Bella goes to the, the Olympia for prom just shopping. And that's where she goes on her first date with Edward. And we tried to go to the same restaurant that Bella and Edward had their first date. I've already, oh, I love Washington. I've already learned about Twilight because that's the first thing I've ever known about Twilight. Is that they were, they were in Olympia for their date? Besides it being in Forks, which I only knew that because you posted about it. Yeah. That's the only thing I really knew. That's really the only reason we went to Washington, if we're honest. And then we yeah, ended up falling in love with Washington. Oh, I want to go back so From bad. From what I've heard, it's actually really cool. I've oh, got, it's so cool. I've got cool. somebody that's a, one of my coworkers that she used to live up there. But, like, they used to live, like, like Port Angeles. Like, yes. Like, way out there. Oh, it's so cool. I would. Oh, my gosh. It's so cool. I could go on for hours. I love Washington. And that's why this is episode. That's why it's number one in my heart. That's why I said number one. It's because okay, it's number it's one in my really heart. It's not really number one in your heart because I know Texas is number nah, one. In your not heart. really. Oh. I would pick Washington over Texas. Wow. I love Washington. I would love to get into the uh, the state rankings with you of Sam's personal rankings, but mm. that's going to be a not an episode we ever produce well it's also very short because there hasn't been a lot of states that i've been to i mean there's been a little anyways we'll talk about it later (laughs) this is episode 134 (laughs) episode 134 this is the jameson family deaths
Another case that we've covered for this state is Ted Bundy. Who? Ted Bundy. I'm just kidding. Yep. That's actually one of our better episodes we did, I think. Yep. So, I actually didn't know what this case has to do with Washington. So, I don't know why it's the most searched in Washington. I'm also surprised because in me trying to find a case to do for Oklahoma, this case didn't come up even though it happened within an hour of where we currently are. So I'm also mad at the internet because this di- this would have been a perfect one for Oklahoma. Thanks, but, internet. I know. But we're here now, so thankfully I found it. So this week we're talking about 44-year-old Bobby Jameson, his wife, 40-year-old Sherilyn Jameson, and their daughter, 6-year-old Madison. They lived in Eufaula, Oklahoma, But they were traveling to Red Oak, Oklahoma, to look at 40 acres of land to buy over there. Their plan was to turn a storage container that they had on their current property and turn it into a home and basically live in the middle of nowhere. So, October 8th, 2009, the family heads out to go look at the property. This day is the last day they are seen. A witness comes forward and says he he lived in the area and he says he saw the family together, but that they weren't with anyone else. It was just them. And that's the last time the family is seen. So October 16th, 2009, some hunters are in the woods where they come across an abandoned truck. It's locked, but what they do notice is that there is a dog inside the truck that looks malnourished and just looks like it's been there for a while. So they call police. When police arrive and they start looking through the truck, they discover that the truck belonged to the Jameson family. Inside the truck was Bobby's wallet, Sherilyn's purse, a GPS, jackets, $32,000 in cash. That's quite a bit. And an 11 page letter that we will talk about later. So police also notice that there is no sign of struggle on the car. So what they're looking for is like anything that might show evidence that the family was dragged out of their cars. And when they don't see any, this leads officials to assume that they got out of their car willingly. But this starts some questions. If you're willingly leaving your car, why wouldn't you first take your dog with you? So maybe you had a gun against your head, which is why you got out of the car. So who made you get out of the car? So this like answers some questions, but still leaves more questions unanswered. So officials look at the GPS found in the truck and it shows that the family had been further up the road from where the truck was found. So police go to the same area that it looked and then they look around and then they found multiple pairs of footprints in the dirt. Now this seems kind of one of those, duh, there's going to be footprints in the dirt. But if you know Oklahoma and if you know this specific area, you're not going to have people out there like all the time. So for there to be multiple pairs of footprints was kind of like a, who was here because this also is like it's literally a pull off like barely it's not even like a real pull off of the road it's like no they had to stop here 
to stop here so like what's the coincidence that there was also somebody who stopped here if that makes any sense so october 17th 300 people come together and they start searching the area where the truck was found and also where the gps leads them the group searches all day but they don't find anything and when officials start looking into the family they try to piece together what happened they learn that Bobby and Sherilyn weren't working at the time of their disappearance, that they were both getting disability checks from a car accident that they were in. Connie, Sherilyn's mom, said she knew about the car accident and the disability checks, but that she didn't know of a settlement that would allow the couple to have $32,000. And then when officials asked around to other family members and friends of the family, no one knew how they were able to have that much money family and friends also said that they didn't know of the family being in an, any kind of trouble that would cause the family to run away they also couldn't think of anyone who would want to hurt the family so officials looked at video footage from the family's security camera at their home the day they left this is where like stuff starts to get weird you can see the parents silently moving from the house to the car packing stuff and during the whole video they don't say a word to each other and then officials said it looked like they were in a trance like sometimes they would just stop what they were doing and just stare in a random direction before just like beginning what they were doing again so like that's how it was i tried to look for a video of it and there's no video on the internet but we're taking the officials words so like this is what the officials say the video looks like so i don't know proof of like if they're being dramatic or if it's real i don't know another thing that was found in the truck like i said was the 11 page letter and it's labeled a hate letter that was apparently written by Sherilyn to Bobby. They call it a hate letter because basically what it was was 11 pages of all the things Sherilyn hated about Bobby. She also referred to him a lot as a hermit in the letters. And so this is one of those where just weird things. I was going to ask you a question, but never mind. We could go back to a couple weeks ago where you asked me if I could talk for 18 days about, about a person. Yeah. I could write you in a little, I could write you more than 11 pages about the same person. Ooh, okay. Could you write 18 pages? Probably. Ooh. A good 20 is what I'm thinking, honestly. And, and that's, that's probably not a double spaced. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 11 pages of all of the things she hated about Bobby. Okay. There was another letter that was found in the family home that mentioned death a lot in the letter. So it was kind of another letter, not so much about like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, kind mm -hmm. of on that same premise. But this letter in the home just mentioned death a lot more than the hate letter. So officials looked to Connie to get a better idea of the couple because there was a time where Connie lived with the family so officials went to her a lot because she was able to see how the couple acted behind closed doors 
Now, Connie said that they were good parents and said that there was no way either of them would let something happen to Madison. They also found out that in the search through the family's home, that a briefcase and a gun, both belonging to Sherilyn, were missing. And to this day, they were never found, which is just one of those weird little sidetracks. Connie did say that her daughter started to act weird before they went missing. She said that Sherilyn drove her to Oklahoma City, stops on a random street, and then yells at her mom to get out of the car. And Connie just said, first off, this was odd for Sherilyn, considering that this was the same daughter who let her mom live with her for some time. So that Connie was just like, this was weird and kind of out of nowhere. But then, like, Connie gets out of the car. And then, like, Sherilyn just kind of takes, drives around a block and it comes comes back and is like, hey, mom. So she was like, it was just weird. Another thing that was found in the family's home was a witch Bible. But when officials asked family and friends about this, Sherilyn's friend, Nikki, said that Sherilyn bought the book as a joke. When officials asked Bobby and Sherilyn's pastor, he mentioned that Bobby had told him that he was reading a satanic Bible and that there was another time that Bobby asked if there were special bullets used to kill spirits because Bobby was pretty sure they had ghosts in their home. Another one of those weird, okay, pieces of information. Yeah, and and that almost makes me think of like, like I, I don't know that's that's not why a... do you have a witch bible for fun yeah. why are you just like <laughs> witch bible <laughs> i know what i'm funny? getting you i know what i'm getting you for christmas no now. you are not <laughs> i'm getting you a witch bible and i'm getting you special bullets to it's also like why would you bring that in like i don't believe in yeah spirits no. or anything but it's also why would you bring that in there? I'm not welcoming it in my home. <laughs> so you're like, uh, good joke. I almost had a joke for you there. And then but... your husband is reading the Bible and he's like, oh, good joke. I actually like this. You're like, oh. <laughs> I almost had a joke about spirits, but I'll tell you after we get done okay, recording. Perfect. So this is what officials come up with in their search for the family. They have a lot of information here, but their problem is that all of the information they have point in random directions and none of the directions overlap in any way to help officials out when looking into it. So at this point, the case goes cold for years. So now, November 16th, 2013, hunters are out in the woods when they find partial skeletal remains. When officials search the area again, They discover shoes, parts of clothing, adult teeth, arm and leg bones, and bits of other human bones. When the bones were sent off, they come back and confirm that the bodies that were found belong to the Jameson family. The bodies were found 2.7 miles away from where the truck was found. The state medical examiner said that the cause of death was unknown because they didn't have enough of the full skeletal remains to determine the cause of death. But he did say that what he had of the bones, he could tell that there was no signs of trauma to the bones that he had. He also couldn't rule out any kind of disease, 
but did say that there was evidence that animals had damaged the skeletons. So he labeled their deaths under suspicion of under a specific, well, suspicious situation. So here are theories that we have. Now we Here's get to, where the case gets fun. This is where we get. Yeah. First theory is that the family gets lost in the woods and dies. Now, the area that they were last seen in did get a lot of water around the time that they went missing and temperatures got down to the low 40s. But why would you leave all of your stuff in the car if you're going into the woods? Why would you leave your dog in the car? And even though their bodies were found 2.7 miles from the truck, you could walk long enough in any direction you knew you could get lost that still doesn't add up. So like, that's still one of them that you're like, okay, maybe, but like, why would you leave all of that stuff in your truck? Yeah. I mean, especially, and also like, also, why would you, I mean, I, I know that they were going to look at property, but like, that's very weird showing up with like 30 grand. That too. Right. Like that, that's, that's the and weird we'll thing go to into me. Another theory later. Perfect. So, second theory is that a murder-suicide, based on the hate letter that was found, did Sherilyn take Bobby out there to kill him and then kill herself? But Connie said that there was no way that they would harm Madison, so why bring your daughter and your dog out with you if you plan on murdering your husband and yourself? Yeah, that's probably the... I mean, I know there's still four or five more we've got to get to, but like out of all of them so far, to me, that's the one that does not make any sense at all. Right. So Connie believes that the family was killed by a religious cult. Nikki, who was Sherilyn's friend, said after the family went missing that she got a random phone call from a random girl who said she was in a white supremacy cult and that they had a book with a list of people that were causing problems for the group. The girl said she would try to memorize names from the list and then she would go home, search for them, and then let them know like, hey, you're basically on this cult's hit list. So she memorized some names, went home, and then this is what led her to the Jameson family and how she found out that they were missing. So she's basically telling Nikki, hey, hint, hint, wink, wink. Right. Now, in 1993, an article was written that said that a few cults had come up in this area of Oklahoma. But the police chief at the time of the disappearances said that there had been no activity from the groups for some time. And that's pretty much where that theory ends. The next theory, like you said, involving the money, is that where drugs were involved. And that's why the family had the amount of money that they did. It could also explain why they were acting weird on the video camera and why Connie noticed them acting weird. So was it a drug deal gone bad? Was the money from drugs? But if they got the money from someone and that same person killed them, why wouldn't they take the money back? Why would you like why would you take your daughter to a drug deal? 
would drug dealers deal with kidnapping people or wouldn't they just kill you right there and if officials couldn't find anything in their family's life to lead them to drugs could this even be an option like again all of these theories like lead you in one direction but they also have so many other questions to it so it's literally like not that my knowledge of drug dealers is very much it's um not very peaky much blind- or- well it's peaky blinders oh, okay. and it's sons of anarchy but i'm like breaking bad i have not watched breaking bad uh, i didn't ever got into it um but like my knowledge of tv show drug dealers they would just kill you there like they're not kidnapping yeah. you you know what i mean so like it's what that's my biggest thing is like they just kill you there and leave it's also the middle of nowhere oklahoma yeah you could kill someone and just leave and get away with it so right. why wouldn't you and why would you hassle getting these three people in the car i don't i don't get it well to to me this one's kind of like this is kind of straight down the middle for me like it's plausible right. but then it's not because right. once again it goes back to the whole no one like they had 32 $32,000 yes $32,000 just in the truck that was still there and so that's where I'm like, if it was a money issue and like if they owed a drug dealer money, the drug dealer left money there. So like you it wasn't a money issue because you left the money in the truck. Right. Um, and even if it was like the family was acting like they didn't have money, you apparently didn't search the truck for any kind of valuables because mm-hmm. all of their stuff was left in the truck. Yeah. So like that doesn't lead me to be a good but like you said, it is one of those that goes back and forth, and you're like, okay. Well, even the even the the dog being in there too. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of those, and then like like you said, like would you actually bring your daughter to a drug deal? Right. So like right. then that goes to the part of like, oh, I don't really believe that. I know. And I then know. then there's the whole flip side of, I mean, like, why else would you go be going to go look at land? Or I I don't know there there this is one of those like I said kind of right. feels like it's, it's it's the middle ground of you could definitely go one way or the other. And so one of the last theories is that Bobby's dad killed the family in 2009, six months before the family left. Bobby tried to get a restraining order against his dad, Bob Dean. Bobby said on two separate occasions bob dean threatened bobby and his family and that this the specific threats weren't mentioned in the original order so like i couldn't tell you if like you know some people are like right i'm gonna hit you and you're like oh i'm threatened so i don't know if it was like one of those or if it was like a real life like oh no that's a threat so they weren't mentioned in the order so i don't really know But Bobby did say that Bob Dean hit him with his car before and said that he was a very dangerous man and the family was very afraid for their life. The judge ended up dismissing the order, but Bobby was also suing his dad at the same time. And Bobby said that he was doing some work for his dad and that his dad promised to pay him later for the work that Bobby did but that Bobby never got paid. And so that's why he was suing his dad. But both Bobby and Sherilyn were called scammers around town because 
in the car accident where they were getting their disability checks, they sued a total of three people. So this is also like the first bit of information that we're hearing about this, but it's information that you've got to know. So just interesting. Bobby's uncle, Jack, said that there is no way his brother, Bob Dean, could have done these things that Bobby said that he did. And Jack also thinks that someone else killed the Jameson family. And then Bob Dean would end up dying in December of 2009. So nobody ever really looked at him or heard Hmm. his side of the story. And so this case is still unsolved. And officials have no lo- no lo- new leads to work on. And so this leads me to think of the other case that we talk about all the time that's also missing. The guy from this area. and Yeah, Stephen Adams. He is a little bit probably 40, 50 miles north of where this is happening. But it's kind of the same territory where we talked about you if you just took a year to learn your area and learn wild hogs and learn when they come out you know and learn your rainy weather and learn all of those different things you could easily dump a body anywhere back there and the body would never be found until its skeletal remains um and so this is one of those that it is they were found 2.7 miles away so it's one of those that you're like okay that's a little bit you know but so this is one of those cases that there's a lot of theories and a lot of leads pointing different directions, but they don't lead home. So it's unsolved still. And who knows if we'll ever figure it out. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. And cause like, I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit of on that protective order. Basically it like he filed it or he filed it on the first May 1st of 2009 and then it literally got dismissed and settled May 18th. Right. So I, I, that one to me is kind of like, oh, that's a little interesting. Well, when he's not mentioning specifics in the order, then they're like, yeah, no, we're not issuing a restraining order because he threatened you, but you don't want to give us specifics. So, yeah, there's no way you're getting a restraining order if you're not giving specifics. Oh yeah. And here's, here's his, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm on Oklahoma's wonderful court network site looking up all the different things, but it, I don't know that, that one to me is kind of, it seems a little more like, Oh, that's a possibility, you know, than some of these other ones, the cult things, super interesting to me but then also the 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 one that it's like it's probable but doesn't really make sense is the whole like the the weather one where it got super cold and rainy right where it was super wet like like why wouldn't you bring your dog at that point right Right. Unless like they just didn't have a leash or something well because you're not going into the woods without your cell phone without yeah GP, I mean, your GPS is hooked up to the car, so you really can't take that out. But you're like, you're not going out 
into the woods without all of this stuff. So yeah, it's one of those that I think that's the least amount or the least likely. But yeah, this is one of those cases where it's more of let's sit down and ponder and think about what we think happened. And so that's why it's a good thing that this one just so happened to be the most popular for Washington, even though it has nothing to do with Washington. Once again, Oklahoma's stealing good things from Washington. But thanks, Washington. Thanks for leading this to us for some reason. So you, there we go. You didn't catch what I said Episode there. 134. Like always, make sure to <laughs> like, subscribe, uh, comment, five stars, share. Do all of those things. We have Instagram and Facebook that are both at Crimology Pod. We have an email, crimologypod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Like always, this is Sam. Um, Sam's anthem would be Washington, my home. And this is Crimology. This is Steven. <laughs>